we got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louis. Okay. It ain't gonna be no more of a mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get here, it's gonna be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do whatever you're gonna get. Because the more you jump in, the more room you make. Because we bring kids that are smart, say that smart, smart, tough, tough, fast, fast, discipline, discipline, with character. One more time. Smart, smart, tough, tough, fast, fast, discipline, discipline, with character. With character. That's the one we're going to get. Welcome, guys, to the Play Action Pod. We're bringing you our 28th episode. My name is Brennan. Beside me, obviously, is Brock. And uh, yeah, that, that first clip, that was that was a video of Deion Sanders um, talking to his Colorado team. Well, um, I'm assuming that it's probably not his team. Yeah. Because uh, um, of the context of the video, you know, he's kind of just saying, um, you know, leave, guys. Get out of here. I got, I'm bringing my Louis bag with me. I'm bringing my boys, my dogs with me. And, um, you know, if you guys leave, there's, there's uh, more room for me to bring more players who are going to fill your positions. So, I mean, pretty savage, I would say. Yeah, the impact that Deion Sanders has already made on Colorado is immense. Like, everybody, yeah. everybody, you know, in Boulder is believing again. You know, they're, they're thinking, they're not thinking, you know, winning the conference. They're not thinking about the playoff. They're thinking about natties. Yeah, you know, they, they think, are. They think that Dion is going to, you know, bring him back to the glory days. And, and I, I, de- I definitely think he's going to as well, you know. Just seeing the way he interacts with with everybody in that program, you know, everybody was so excited to see him and so uplifted. So he might turn Colorado into something scary. Yeah. And with, you know, the the way the game is these days, I mean, you can. Yeah. We saw kind of a sneak peek of it with uh, USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were a four-win team last year. Lincoln Riley obviously joins the program and, uh, you know, turns things around. They're, they're going to be a nine or ten win team this year just because of the transfer portal. I don't think you come in and you take that same roster last year and he's going to have nine wins this year. And I think the same with Dion. I don't think that he goes in there and um, with that one win Colorado team and he turns things around quickly without, you know, being able to get new guys in there. Well, yeah, it was 12 hours after he was announced the head coach of Colorado. He got a five-star, uh, five-star recruit to, to commit. Unbelievable. The fifth in, in, in Colorado's history. So, and there's rumors that Travis Hunter's already on his way. You know, the number one prospect, prospect from last year's class. He's already on his way to Colorado. So he's going to be able to recruit. He's going to be able to recruit almost anybody and, and convince them to come to Colorado to play some football. So it's going to be scary to see what he does. Yeah, I've heard you say that. Colorado, they could be a 10-win team in maybe two years. Yeah. And I totally agree. I think give him two to three years. And, uh, you know, with with how the game is these days, with the transfer portal, I think he could turn things around and turn things around fast because of those resources. Well, yeah, it was scary because he was already bringing in four-star recruits to an FCS school. It's like, if you get like a two-star or even a three-star at an FCS school, like you're you're cheering. Like, you know, that's, that's a huge success. So... He's going to be able to recruit. He's going to be able to recruit, you know, the best of the best. And 
I think, you know, with all these players that are, hit, that are hitting the portal, I saw the, the Alabama running back, uh, Trey Sanders. He uh, put something out on Twitter, said, come get me. Oh, my gosh. Tag Deion Sanders. So it's like, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. And I don't know if you saw the video of, of I, I believe it was the athletic director who was saying that they, oh, the they don't have the money. Yeah. And he's like, we'll get it. Somehow. He's like, It'll, we'll get it, though. Boosters. And, yeah, they will get it, you know? Yeah. That and stadium's going to be sold out. Like, Oh, yeah. It already was. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, even then, it's there's going to be people that are, you know, trying to buy tickets to, like, sit on people's laps. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. So, I mean, I would. Yeah. So I would sit on someone's lap to, to watch, you know, what Deion Sanders is going to do there. Yeah, so it's like the money he's going to bring to the program, you know, all he needs is just NIL backing in year one, and the rest will pay for itself. Yeah, which so. I think that he... He mentioned in that clip that we showed earlier, the full clip, he talked about how he's already talked to nine or 10 boosters. Yeah. So, I mean, the money's coming in. I mean, Colorado is seriously going to turn things around from, from a one win team this year. Um, you know, Dion, that's a lot of power in a yeah. man to be able to just go in there and be like, all right, let's turn things around right now. Yeah. And he's cocky about it too. Yeah. And he's like, confident. I mean, he, he earns it yeah, just because like, of his success at Jackson state. Yeah. It's like, you know, he talks it. And he, he backs it up too. Yeah. So, you know, I think they went 12 and 0 this year and won the SWAC. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's going to be really scary to see though, what he can do with Colorado. Yeah. And, um, he still has to play in the championship coming up. He did mention that in the clip as well. So, uh, you know, that's going to kick things off for the episode is, uh, you know, talking about how Deion Sanders, we've, we've mentioned rumors before, but you know, now it's official. He's there. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things, uh, turn around. For Colorado, but it's been an eventful past weekend, obviously, with conference championship games. Um, selection show was on Sunday. We got to see the uh, you know who's going to the playoff, and um, I'm happy with who they picked. Yep. Um, it makes me want a 12-team playoff as soon as possible. I wish we were getting it this year because um, you know seeing all the the matchups that we we would be getting if the uh, if the new playoff 12-team playoff was uh, implemented this year. I mean, it, it just makes me, it makes me excited for uh, what we're going to be getting in 2024. But, you know, Georgia at one, Michigan two, TCU three, Ohio State four. I think that those are the four most deserving teams to be in the playoff this year. And um, I know that there were percentages thrown at Alabama. And um, I'm so glad that they didn't pick them. I mean, I think that, you know, the college football, um, I, I don't know. I, I I think everyone would just go crazy. Like they would be upset. Yeah. And you know, I, I thought it was interesting because they brought on Nick Saban to talk during the big 10 championship game. And one of his main points to why Alabama should get in is he's like, if you put us against, you know, Michigan or us against Ohio state or us against TCU on a neutral site field, who's favored and who are you picking? Which I mean, he's not wrong, but that's not how it works. Yeah, like I get his point, and he's he's definitely right. Like I don't think he's wrong at all. But it's like that's not that's not how the playoff like should work, you know? Yeah, no, like, not at all. Alabama could be six and six, and I would pick them over most teams. They would the probably be favored in most games. Like if you think about it this way, if they would have lost to Texas and lost to Texas A and M, like they probably should have, you know, in those those tight close games, they'd be eight and four, and I would still take Alabama over. 95% of the teams. Yeah. You know, which is so, fair. So it's like, I get where he's coming from and I, and I think he does have a valid point, but it's like, that's not how the playoff 
should be. And that's why it should be expanded to 12 because, you know, we could see out, we could have seen Alabama make the playoff and win it all. Like, yep. That's not unrealistic to say, but I think when you're talking about the resumes of the four teams that are in there, they might not be the best four teams, but they're the most deserving four teams. Absolutely. For sure. And I think, but in this case, I think all four teams have a really good shot to win. Yeah. And what, title. and what just a spoiled thing to say, you know, just being like, well, we have the, be- we have the best, we have the best players. So, I mean, I feel like if you throw us in there, we'd be favorited and, uh, you know, we're the best team. Well, it's like, if you do have the best players, then, uh, why did you lose two games? And, you know, you deserve to be punished for losing those games. And I understand that they were going through injuries and he was, he was talking about Bryce Young's health as well. But I mean, they barely beat Texas 29, 20 to 19 and Quinn Ewers was out half more than half the game. Mm-hmm. So for him to come out and be like, Oh, we're the, we're the best team and stuff. That's kind of like, I feel like it's very contradicting because then it just all falls back on you. And it's like, well, if you were the best team, then why weren't you able to get it done uh, in those games against Tennessee and LSU? Especially now that LSU is a four loss team. It's Absolutely. Like one yeah. of Alabama's losses is to a four loss LSU team, you know? And so it's like, yeah, it's not like they lost to two teams. Like if Michigan or Ohio state had two losses and one of them was to say like, like for Ohio state's example, one of their losses was to Michigan. The other one was to Penn State. Those are two top 10 teams. Yeah. Like Alabama's losses to, you know, top 10 Tennessee by three on the road. Then they lost to LSU, who's, you know, down mm-hmm. the rankings a little bit yeah. farther now. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, get, I get where Nick Saban's coming from. You know, his expectation every year is, is to win a national championship. So when he's not in a position to win a national championship – it must, it must be difficult. Yeah. Like it must be hard on, on not only him, but the program. So, but I, I think the committee made the right decision. I think we got the four most deserving teams. And I think all four teams generally really do have a chance to win it all. Yeah. Which I, I think, which I, I don't think is something we we could have said in, in past years. Oh, absolutely. I think this is the first year where it's like, I feel like anyone could win it. Yep. I feel like TCU could go out there. You know, we have, we haven't seen Michigan you know, besides the Ohio State game, I haven't seen them put together a complete game. And especially with Blake Corum out, I think that TCU could really, you know, give them a run for their money. And I think that they could escape the first round. And, and maybe we'll see, you know, them face Georgia or Ohio State. And same with Ohio State. I mean, they played very poor against Michigan, but we know what that offense is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one breakout game and, and they're, they're in the second round. They're in the national championship. So, I mean, Georgia, they looked good last week. You know, the defense gave up more points than I expected, you know, at 30. But, um, yeah, I feel like, really, it's anyone's playoff to win, which, which I mean, is great for the fans. So I'm really excited to, you know, see how things play out. But, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, I was just going to kind of go back to Georgia for a sec. I think it's interesting that Georgia is the number one seed, but they didn't really get rewarded like the number one seed, or the yeah. best team in the nation. Like, you feel like they'd rather play TCU or even Michigan, you know, yeah. it's like, I just think Georgia matches up really well with what Michigan's going to try to do. And like, we saw that last year, obviously mm-hmm. with, you know, them playing in the playoff, but I think, you know, the wide receivers and the quarterback play of Ohio state could cause that Georgia defense some trouble. You know, we obviously saw how they did against Hendon hooker and they, they completely shut him down with kind of, you know, similar styles, you know, good wide receiver, good quarterback play, but, I think Ohio State is capable 
of causing Georgia some problems, especially now that they feel disrespected and feel like, you know, they have something to prove. Yeah. And I feel like Georgia, I f- they performed well at home. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that tenant or the game against Tennessee, I think their defense really fed off of, you know, the crowd's energy. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most highly anticipated games of the year. I know that you said it was game of the century. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, could have been. <laughs> but if, it, Tennessee, it, if Tennessee would have played that day. Yeah, if Tennessee would have shown up, it would have been a game of the century. But, you know, neutral site, we saw LSU put up 30 points against a, a defense that we thought was unstoppable, a defense full of, you know, NFL talent. And, you know, maybe we'll see that next week when, uh, you know, Ohio State, who I think has a better offense than LSU, you know, how are they going to slow them down? And, uh, you know, will they be successful on the offensive side as well? Yeah, I guess the one thing that Georgia does have going for them, though, is it is technically a home game when they play because they'll be playing in, you know, Mercedes-Benz, which they've now played in three times. Three times this year? This will be the third time, yep. Because the SEC Championship was there? And they opened up with And they opened up with Oregon. So they're very... This is their home field. They're very familiar playing in this stadium, so... I think that'll be tough for, for Ohio State, but I think in Ohio State's kind of perspective, I think they're glad that they don't have to travel to Arizona. Yeah. You know, like that's definitely going to be a home game for TCU. Mm-hmm. So I expect I expect a lot of Michigan fans to travel too, but yeah. but I think a lot, a lot of TCU fans will make the trip from Texas to Arizona where Ohio State only has to make the trip yeah. from, you know, Columbus down to Atlanta. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we got, you know, two really good matchups and, and I think, you know, they, they both bring to the table, you know, something different. Yeah. So. And, you know, two facts that I want to point out about this year's playoff is this is the first time that Alabama and Clemson were excluded. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that we get a team from Texas in the, uh, in the playoff in TCU. So, you know, a couple of things, pretty interesting, you know? Yeah. The first time that we, we don't see Bama and Clemson. I mean, Clemson, they, they balled out, you know? Once, yeah. once they uh, finally had the guts to, uh, to bench DJ and let, and let the young guy go in and, and work his magic. You know, they played extremely well against North Carolina and blew them out. I mean, 39 to 10, that was ridiculous. And I know that I picked North Carolina, but uh, not, not, not my brightest moment, but, you know, I was impressed with, um, you know, how Clemson played. And it, it's interesting, you know, if Cade Klubnik has played all year, I wonder if, you know, maybe Clemson's a playoff team this year. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a conversation for sure. And I think, I think for Dabo, it, it was just always tough to, to throw the, the young freshman in there while you, have, while you have like this experienced, you know, quarterback who has been in, you know, tough, tough uh, positions before. So I don't blame him for not throwing him in immediately, but I think at some point in the season, he should have, kind of seen, you know, the, where DJ was going and it wasn't necessarily getting better week to week. So I think that's when he should have just kind of put in the youngster and say, yeah. you know, finish it out for us. But yeah. I don't know. It's a tough position because you really don't want to make a quarterback change when, you know, they were what they were eight and oh, mm-hmm. or so at some point. Yeah. So it's like you're eight and oh, your quarterback's technically winning you games. You know, you don't really want to make a yeah. change because that kind of sets a, a negative yeah. kind of mindset. But I don't know, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Cade does, you know, against Tennessee in that Orange Bowl game. The Orange Bowl. The it, best literally Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl. Literally the Orange Bowl. Yeah, literally so the gonna, Orange Bowl. We're going to find out who's the orangest in the orange. And 
it would be absolutely disgraceful if anybody walks into that stadium not wearing orange. <laughs> like if you walk in in like a white tennis C shirt, like stop it, go home. I want to see. I don't want to see a speck of any other color. I want to see just straight orange. I just want to see. They better paint the seats orange. Everything better be orange. I mean, make the turf orange at yeah, that point. It's the orange bowl. So who's gonna get to wear orange? Who's higher ranked? Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's higher ranked. Tennessee and their orange. So interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't think about that until now because they'll they'll have the rights to. To uh, pick the the jerseys first, so I'm assuming, yep. you know, it'll be confusing. So now they're watching. I I would be disappointed if Clemson wore their purple, you know. Yeah, they might have to. Yeah, I would hope not. I would hope not. I just want to see orange everywhere, and uh, yeah, it should be good. Should be a great game. I think I saw on Twitter uh, a post of someone's like they should both wear orange. Yeah, <laughs> like why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Just like have 20 interceptions because yeah. you can't tell who's who. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. So I, it'll be interesting to see what Cade does, you know, against Tennessee. Obviously, you know, they got a backup quarterback of their own. Backup you know, versus backup. In uh, Milton. So, you know, that, that, should be a, that should be an interesting matchup. You know, obviously Tennessee had, you know, playoff aspirations. And I'd say the same for Clemson. But I think to win an Orange Bowl and win a New Year's Six Bowl mm-hmm. going into next year, especially with, you know, two young quarterbacks that are going to be taking over, I think it's a great way to build momentum yeah. for both teams to kind of get into the, the next season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, we kind of skipped over Friday night. Oh, yeah. That being the Pac-12 championship, U- Utah versus USC. Utah, they're going to make their second appearance on the Rose Bowl in a row and second ever yep. against Penn State, which is the first matchup between those two teams in history. We went to Vegas where we were at Allegiant, got to experience the game in person. And, uh, you know... How about you share a little bit about your experience at Allegiant? Yeah, you know, back-to-back years. I went to the game last year uh, against Oregon. Had a very good experience. And then obviously, you know, this year had a very good experience. But, you know, there's something about a championship game in Las Vegas. It's just, you know, it's the city. It's the lights. It's, you know, that stadium is beautiful. I love that stadium. So beautiful. But, and then, especially the opponent, too, this year, like, Seemed like the Oregon team that Utah played last year was, I don't want to discredit them in any ways, but it just seemed like they weren't really prepared for the game or, yeah. or mentally there. USC was playing for it all, though. They and were. They really started that way, too. And I think there was even a point in the game where, you know, I turned to a couple of the people that we went with and I was like, I think that's it. You know, yeah. I think that's game. You know, I think I thought USC was going to pull away and, and turn into a blowout, but, you know, Utah really fought back and, and you know, obviously ended up extending their lead towards the end of the game and yeah. sending them back to the Rose Bowl, which was a huge goal of that football team this year. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, essentially eliminating USC from the playoff single-handedly by beating them twice. Yep. But um, do, we, do we still think Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman? They came out with the finalists. Yeah, it's after seeing, four quarterbacks. After seeing the finalists, I think so, yeah. Stroud, Duggan, uh, who's the th- was it hooker? Stetson. Stetson. Stetson Bennett? Yeah. Oh, wow. Stroud, Doug, and Stetson, and and Caleb. Wow. So, Bryce Young was getting a lot of, you know, high expectations on him to win back to back. And I mean, he's not even a finalist. Yeah. So, it just shows how hard it is. I mean, if you told me that Stetson Bennett was going to be a finalist, if you said that at the beginning of the year and told me that Bryce Young wasn't going to be a finalist, I'd be like, shut up. What are you talking about? But I mean, you know, he's able to throw quick slants to six foot seven receivers. 
at 25 years old at 25 years old you know he's he's older than uh, lamar jackson and he's walking around like he's got that billionaire walk he's walking around like he's conor mcgregor yeah and you know i mean he's he's won every game this season he shocked me last week with uh his performance so we'll see how that carries on and we'll see who essentially wins the heisman but i i think that we both agree that caleb williams will win it yeah i think you know? so too because he, he didn't play terrible against utah and i mean the end was kind of ugly with all the, the sacks and stuff, but I mean, he was basically playing on one leg. And say he's going to get that excuse. Yeah. Which will be like, well, he did, you know, he, I think he put up like three touchdowns on, he's, on yeah. a torn hamstring or a pulled hamstring or whatever it was, but. Gutsiest performance. Yeah. I've ever seen. That's what they that's, say. That's what Lincoln Riley said in the, yeah, in the presser. They, he said, uh, that's what they said. That was the gutsiest performance I've ever seen, yeah. you know? And um, I think he, I think it referred to his injury as like a, a broken rubber or an old rubber band that just snapped. Yeah. Which I mean, it could be true, but um, I don't know. It, it, it didn't really seem that way. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, just bash on Caleb Williams all night. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people maybe lost respect for him, uh, you know, with the way he's been acting with the, the finger, the fingernail paint stuff, you know, disrespecting opponents and you know, he's, he's got a big ego and uh, his reputation is, it's not the best, but you know, I mean, dude's been balling. He's been getting a lot of attention. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but I, I saw on Twitter that the reason he he kind of does paint his fingernails is because his mom has a fingernail painting business. Oh, so, so he does that to kind of support her, I guess. Which kind of it opened my eyes to it a little bit more. I'm like, okay, you know, I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah. But I wonder if she's doing that for her clients. Yeah, just being like, all right, who do you hate the most? Yeah, and then. That's maybe, maybe that's her business. I don't know. It's just the hate, the hater fingernail painting business. Yeah, the you just walk in and just be like, all right, I'm really, I'm really pissed at my coworker. Um, her name is Rachel. So just, you know, slap it on, slap it on there. F Rachel. So, but I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Where, where'd you see that? Was that, it was on Twitter. It yeah. was on Twitter. Okay. Somebody, I don't know. US, it was a USC fan that put it in his uh, comments. So, so take I mean, that with a grain of salt. But yeah. Yeah. It could be. That, he could that's, be trying to save his boy. Yeah, that's just uh, per sources. Yeah, so. per sources. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, let's see. We talked about, oh yeah, Kansas State, they beat TCU, which which granted them a position in the Sugar Bowl, but I think that they were going to be there regardless. Yep. But um, yeah, they balled. And, you know, there was a couple controversial calls there at the end, especially at the goal line on that last try for TCU. But, you know, Kansas State was able to get it done and, and uh, ruin TCU's perfect season. But, you know, TCU didn't, didn't budge in the rankings. And I think that is appropriate as their one loss being to Kansas State on a neutral site who they've already beat earlier in the year. So Kansas State, they'll be playing uh, Alabama in uh, the Sugar Bowl. So that's what went down there. Georgia beat LSU. Right? Now that Michigan and Purdue. Michigan, there was, you know, there was a bit of a scare there at the beginning, kind of. Kind of how every Michigan game has gone this season is, you know, it's like, oh, well, they might get upset here. Mm-hmm. And then second half, it's a whole different story because, you know, they finally decide to play. But got the win against Purdue. And they'll be playing in, or Purdue will be playing in the Citrus Bowl, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes. Purdue will be taking on LSU, right? Or who, yeah. who they got? LSU in the Citrus Bowl. The okay, Citrus so that's not a New Year's Six Bowl. But I don't believe be, so. It's on. It's on New Year's. Technically, New yeah. well, I guess January second this year, but 
but it's uh, not. I don't believe it's considered a New Year's Six. Yeah. So, so uh, that should still be a good matchup. I mean, it's not technically a New Year's Six bowl game, but you know, should be a good one to look out for. Uh, who, who does North Carolina have? I'm curious. They have uh, the Eugene Ducks. The Oregon. Eugene Ducks. Another good one. And uh, apparently, Bonick's going to play in that. Bowl he will. Game, so, does he have another year of eligibility? I think so. He does. So we'll get the the Bo Nix times Drake May matchup. Ooh. So that'll be a pretty good one. That'll be a good one if uh, hopefully Bo will be healthy by then. Yeah. All right. So uh, other news. Um, there was a couple quarterbacks that hit the portal, right? Yeah. Big time quarterbacks. You know, we obviously we'll start with, with Cade McNamara. You know, he was the backup at, at Michigan, but was the starter the year previous. He hit the portal and he kind of like dipped in and then dipped right back out nice and oh, quick for the, yeah so i think i think he announced his intentions to transfer a little bit last week and then then a couple days later he announced that he committed to iowa yeah so that was a big time quarterback transfer and then obviously we have devin leary from nc state um who is entering the portal and i think that's gonna be a big get for somebody he's got a lot of experience you know he was obviously you know part of that nc state team that was you know projected to Maybe make a run to the college football playoff. So yeah, a lot of people were had them in the top four. Yeah. And we're thinking, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see NC State in the playoff this year. Obviously, obviously things didn't play out that way. But um, you know, a little disappointing for them. But I, I'm sure that played a factor into, you know, why he wants to transfer. Yeah. So, you know, Devin Leary is gonna be a big time get for whoever can grab him. And then, you know, a couple others is, uh, you know, Keaton Slovis entering the transfer portal again, you know, obviously transferred from USC to Pitt now going from Pitt to elsewhere. So we'll have to see where he lands. And this then is, we, this is his third transfer. Yeah. This can be his third transfer. My goodness. So he can't make up his mind. Yeah. He's been, you know, all around everywhere. Yeah. So he just walks into compliance and he's like, you know, I, I already know how to do this. Yeah. Starts filling out the paperwork. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I've, I've done this a couple of times. You know, I've been here. Yeah, he's like, I'm familiar with this this yeah. whole process, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, along with him, we have uh, Graham Mertz from Wisconsin uh, decided his intentions to transfer as well. And then the last kind of notable one so far is, uh, or I guess the last two notable ones, you know, DJ Uyunglele from Clemson, you know, former five star recruit, is going to hit the portal. Probably heading out west is what we think. Yeah, um, wants to play with or potentially team up with his younger brother, who's currently a five-star recruit yeah. right now. So okay. be interesting to see, you know, where he, he ends up. And then the last, last kind of big one is a Hudson card from Texas. That's right. So, you know, another big time Texas transfer at QB. Yeah. A lot of players that, well, a couple of them being that are seeing the bench or they're seeing kind of the future of the program and the position that they were in. And they were like, you know, I don't think I'm going to get, that much playing time you know i, I don't want to waste my time trying to come trying to compete with these guys i want to um i want to take advantage of these these years that i have in college of eligibility and um you know we'll see if someone wants to pick me up and uh, obviously things change fast i mean nick mara was picked up off the shelves very quickly so i i expect that from the rest of these guys i think that they're great quarterbacks including uh dj who we've, we've been critical of him all year I don't think that he liked being on the bench this last game in the, the ACC championship, but he's going to get a shot somewhere else and, and he'll definitely get some time. You know, I know there's a lot of teams out there that, that want him. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of teams too, that 
are going to have a problem with, you know, senior kind of quarterbacks or even quarterbacks heading to the draft. And maybe they don't want to put their trust in a, in a young freshman. Yeah. So maybe they'll just try to insert a player like DJ who has the experience and can be like a one-year rental until that, that young one kid year is, is ready to go again. One-year so, rental. That's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where all these QBs uh, end up at. Yeah. And a uh, Hudson card. I mean, we get Manning in a couple of years. Is that next year? Uh, yeah. This yeah, upcoming so, year. Yeah. So he's coming in. He's coming in this next year. And I mean, Quinn, he's obviously proven to be that guy there when he's healthy. So, I mean, card hitting the portal, it does make sense. So, yeah, like you said, it would be interesting to see where, where these guys land. And we'll definitely keep you guys updated because uh, I think starting next episode, it's just going to be full full portal. At least episode 29 will be a full portal ep- episode. And, um, you know, during the off season to keep us busy, we're going to keep you guys updated with, you know, how things are going in the transfer portal, who's going to be entering the draft, everything. So, I mean, stay tuned during the off season. We'll be, we'll be putting out content for you guys. And uh, you th- I think on that note, we're, we're going to wrap things up here. You know, it, was, it was our 28th episode, conference championship week. It was great. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was everything we asked for. And, you know, playoffs and bowl season is coming up soon. So, I mean, we're going to be prepping episodes for you guys so you guys are prepared for those games. But, um, yeah, I think that's going to wrap things up. Make sure to follow our socials. We're basically on everything. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We're on, I mean, this is YouTube, but Spotify, um, am I missing? Apple Podcasts. Apple Pod. And uh, Instagram, of course. Yeah, Instagram. So everything will be the Play Action Pod, except for Twitter. It'll be Play Action Pods because um, the character limit for the the name. So (laughs) we're working on getting that changed, but for now it's Play Action Pods. And, uh, you know, Brock... Brock spends a good time on Twitter. You know, he's putting out polls. He's uh, talking about um, breaking news and stuff like that. So if you if you want to be updated on Twitter, then uh, you may, make sure to uh, you know follow that account. But I think that's going to wrap things up for uh, episode twenty eight. So we we'll see you guys soon.